It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show today. We have a very, very special show today with uh, the author of the new book, A World of Three Zeros, The New Economics of Zero Poverty, Zero Unemployment, and Zero Net Carbon Emissions. He is the inventor of social business, and he is also our first Nobel Peace Prize winner to be on the show and featured in our magazine. His name is Dr. Muhammad Yunus. He got the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in alleviating poverty, which is one of today's biggest problems. Um, He believes it is time to admit that the capitalist engine is broken. Um, So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the businesses he started because Grameen Bank, which you might know him for, is not his only business. Um, And what are his, his learnings and secrets to starting businesses that are solving such big problems they can be overwhelming, so we're going to get his advice, his insights on the current state of things and the future outlooks. So this month, we have launched our 13th edition of Change Creator Magazine, which is going live on January 15th. That's today as this is being recorded, and we are excited because this is a big edition, and we have a new feature that we added for you and the busy people who are on the go, and that is narration, audio narration, word for word, of the feature articles. So now you can listen to the articles in the magazine, just pop open the app. We have a player, and at the top of each article, you'll find a button that says, listen to this article, and it has a little headphone icon. So check that out now. If you can't sit down and read it, you're riding the subway, walking down the street in New York City or San Francisco, you can listen to it on the go. Um, so I think that covers it guys. We're going to jump into this conversation. Um, be sure to leave us a review, stop by the website. We also have a new mentorship program that we launched. So you can check that out if you're looking for some help. Um, all right guys, last but not least, jump over to Facebook and join our Facebook group and connect with us. We want to hear from you and we want to network. So we're going to jump into this conversation. Let's do it. I know you're going to dig this. Dr. Eunice, good morning. How are you doing today? Thanks for joining the show. Good morning. Thank you for calling. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we caught your your talk over uh, just this last week over at Common uh, the Commonwealth Club uh, regarding okay. your new book. Um, it was really powerful. Oh, Our team loved it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, tell me a little bit about the inspiration for the book at this point. Let's just tee it up there so people understand um, what your current uh, work is about in in this new book. Yeah, uh, this is about the culmination of all the work that I have been doing. I started lending money to poor women and challenging the banking system that they are not uh, doing the right thing because they concentrate on lending money to the rich. The more they have, the more they get from the bank, yeah. uh, while people at the bottom don't get anything from the bank at all. So I said banking system has to re- re- redesign itself to include everybody so that everybody has a chance to get the financial resources to start their life. So this is the part Then it led me to create many other businesses, business to solve problems rather than make money for anybody. So this is a counter to the existing model of uh, business 
businesses are supposed to be making money for the shareholders, for the owners. Uh, that's their sole purpose, and maximization is the direction uh, where uh, everybody wants to go. That's what the theory has encouraged, maximization of profit. Yeah. And I'm saying that uh, that may not be the right way to do that because human beings are not simply uh, driven by self-interest, as theory has prescribed, that human beings are all... Are driven by self-interest. I think there are two things in human beings, selfish, selfishness and as well as selflessness. But the selflessness was never included in the economic part of the human life uh, because of the theory. So I said, why did you open that part of the human being into the business world, yeah. make businesses on the selflessness to solve problems for people rather than make money for anybody? So that's the kind of businesses we have created. We call it social business. Absolutely. And that social business is expanding. This is one important element that we have to introduce in our thinking and in, the, in our economic uh, system. Yeah, and you've done a lot with Grameen Bank and, and programs like the Eunice Social Business Centers, um, which is really impressive. And congratulations on starting oh, your you. 34th, I guess, in New Zealand and, and working your way up to 50 in the next coming months, right? That's right, yes. There are lots of Eunice Social Business Centers in many universities, so one after another. I'm very happy the universities, academia take interest, and the students, young people, take a lot of interest in the idea of social business. So I see something that I'm talking about uh, resonates in people. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love your concept of, of, you know, there is old cultural thinking that's ingrained in what we're doing today. Um, and you're kind of breaking those norms, right? And at the end of the day, you mentioned job seeker versus job creator. And of course, that's right. here at Change Creator, yeah. we love that. And I'm just curious, you know, what do you, I, I literally talk to our audience, they come to us, they ask about, I, I'm talking to a litigation lawyer who wants to get into social impact business, right? Good, and good, so yeah. she is saying, she, I got on the phone with her and she was saying, well, I don't think I could be an entrepreneur, so I want to find where I can use my skills in the space. And I, I think that you would disagree that she could be an I entrepreneur. Disagree. I disagree. So what do you think causes those self-doubting beliefs? Because our system, the way we have been practicing over years and years for a couple of centuries, uh, tells us that we, we are all born to work for somebody else. Uh, we have to find a job. That's our life. Getting a job is the kind of the ultimate of human life. I said mm -hmm. that's absolutely wrong idea. Uh, in the process of telling people that the job is the only way you can survive, we have blocked out the whole idea of entrepreneurship inside of us. So the, that the, which was part of our DNA from the history of our past, uh, that DNA has been, never been exercised. So it is, remains dormant, unnoticed, unexplored. That's why when people say, oh, I, I can't be an entrepreneur, I never had that. Right. That self-doubt comes because system has made us forget that we, ex we had that. Once we open it up, the, gradually it comes out. I said, if this young women who take Grameen Bank loan or microcredit loan all over the world with $30, $40, she starts a business, if an illiterate woman who never knew anything about business can start a business and pay back the money year after year, start the, to make the business bigger and bigger, how come with all, all the educated people, with all the creativity, all the technology in their hands, suddenly say, no, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. Right. Simply, he or she never gave her a chance to explore that part. Yeah. Well, and money becomes, I guess, a limiting factor for people. Their concern is, well, I'm not going to make enough money doing that, and I have to support my family and those types of things. So 
I guess, how do people overcome that? And I, I love your stories of the people you're supporting because it's just the ultimate example of working with very little and still creating something special. So how do people in the United States, for example, that want to get into social impact business, um, start thinking a little bit differently? It seems to be like a paradigm shift that's happening in the minds of people. So they have to overcome this financial barrier. And I guess my philosophy is that if you're doing something meaningful that helps people, the money will follow. Do, do you agree with that? Uh, I don't uh, that money will follow because the system today that we created yeah. uh, is not supportive of the entrepreneurship mm. of the people who at the bottom at the startup who is shaky wants to start unemployed young people who wants to start something of their own no bank will give the loan to them I said they need a, we need to create a, a stronger and different kind of financial system so right. that everybody who wants to get involved wants to get ahead with entrepreneurship can be uh, supported create venture capitals social venture capital so that we give you the money as an as a, a participation as an investment not as a loan so that we become your partner and that's what we do in Bangladesh right. Right. and after year after year and people uh, come up with business ideas young people unemployed people come up with business ideas we keep on investing in them and all they have to do is to return the money that we gave them. This is not a loan. This is equity. So they return the money and they become the full owner of the bank, a full owner of their business. And we don't take any profit out of them because we are a social business. We, this is a non-dividend company to solve human problems. So we help them and they get very excited about it. About the United States and what they do, we have Grameen America in the United States mm. lending money to the poorest people in this country. There are 20 branches of Grameen America in 12 cities. Today, they are nearly 100,000 borrowers borrowing money. A startup loan will be something between $1,000 to $1,500. With that $1,500, that changes people's lives. They start a business and keep growing, take the next loan, which is a bigger loan. And the repayment over all these period that we are working, nearly 10 years now, absolutely near 100%. No collateral, no guarantee, nothing. But still, payment is near 100%. And that keeps growing. We have already given over a billion dollars in loan. And we continue and continue to expand. So the question that uh, what is happening in Bangladesh can also happen anywhere in the world. Right. So people's need at the very bottom is something like uh, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, and then you make a start from there. Right, right, and and so I'm curious, you know, even let's let's talk about Bangladesh, I guess. And as you're helping, let's say a woman takes a loan um, and she decides to start a business, where is she getting her information to learn how to create this business? How does that process work? That's very interesting. Not both in Bangladesh and also USA, uh, they are not trained to do anything. Right, they just come up with the same something she already does. She works for somebody, where she looks after the chicken, looks after the cattle. Uh, of the family. And then she said, why am I looking after somebody else's kettle? Why don't you have my own kettle? Mm. Why am I looking after somebody else's chicken? Why don't you have my own chicken? Uh, like in the United States, some woman working for a, a house cleaning business, and she is a worker. Day after day, she's working, cleaning floors and so on. Suddenly, when the money is available, she said, why am I working for somebody else? Why don't you do the business myself? I do the job. He doesn't do anything. The guy who owns it, I do the job. I, I run the business myself. So she, she borrows the money, buys some equipment, and prints out some business cards. She says, I'm in business. If anybody needs house cleaning, I'll do it for you. So those are the kind of things. They already do it, but for others. Yeah. So you just transform them into your business. 
Yeah, I love that. So they're using what they know and the skills they have and just and exactly. taking it on their own. And and I noticed that too, even like you said, in the US, people do the a similar thing where I see the most successes where they actually are using their strengths and their skills and they're not trying to recreate the wheel and do something completely out of their out of their expertise. Exactly. Um, one of the statements that really caught my attention in your new book, um, yeah. A World of Three Zeros, you said that um, you know uh, an old road always leads to an old destination, and that really That's resonated right. with me. And I'm just yeah. curious, you know, like you're creating a lot of change within the financial, current economic and financial system uh, that we have, right? So is is that money system that we're operating by globally? Is that the ultimate old road that needs to be changed? Absolutely, because this road leads to the rich people. The, the more you have, the more you get. That's the principle of the banking. I said, if now you want to reach out to the people, less you have, more priority you get. If you have nothing, you get the highest priority. So that's the reverse. So if you follow the same rules and procedures of the existing bank, you'll always end up with the richest people. So if you reverse those rules completely, yeah. then that's the only way you can get to the people who you left out. So I'm saying same road will take you to the same destination. If you want to go to a new destination, you have to build a new road. There's no option. This is, is a truth uh, nobody can deny. Right, right. And I, I guess, is there ever, a, and maybe this is too futuristic, and is there ever a place you think in the future for a different economy that does not use money? Uh, possible. At that time, there'll be some basis for uh, transactions. I have right. to exchange things. So you may not call it money. It will be some digi digital counting or something like that. But you have to find a way how to uh, transact because we just started with barter. You have the eggs. I have uh, meat. So right. you give me so many eggs. I give you so many kilos of meat, those kind of things. So that's a barter system. So easy to make it easier. So there's some intermediary thing was created. That became the money that I give you this much for this and you use this uh, material to buy something else. So that's how. So you still need something to exchange that way. Maybe it will be a just digital, digital accounting someplace. And I keep on buying, keep on waiting, and uh, in the digital way, I keep subtracting, uh, and so on. So it may not be physical cash, mm. physical money, but maybe an accounting money. Yeah, that makes sense. It was interesting, and I, I just really like that quote, and I think that makes sense. Because as I look at systems, it seems like that's the ultimate system that is that we have to operate by, so changing that will change the behavior of the people, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's where I'm saying it's not the money part, it's the profit part. Right. The profit, the personal profit. The whole system of capitalism is based on maximization of profit. So everybody's running to maximize. So that leads to greed, that leads to speculation and all kinds of things. I said, if we bring out the other part of human being, selflessness, suddenly something of saner influence comes into the system. Because I'm not driven by greed. I'm driven by altruistic motive that I want to help, I want to do things, because it is in me. No, nobody is forcing me. I see a chance that I can solve the problem of the people, and I feel good that I have done something for the rest of the world. Uh, so that once we open it up, the, what we now call social business, then social business bring a, a cooling effect in the whole system, that you are not only making money, you are also uh, solving the problem of the people. Every individual can do both. That's the point I'm making. Right. So if you allow that, if you give this... Uh, 
option to people. People start choosing how much of social business, how much of money-making business, and they know that there are two ways of doing things. Every business that we see, mega business, multinational business, small business, medium business, every business can create a social business alongside their businesses. Then they feel that not only I make money, also my creative power is used solving the problem of unemployment, solving the problem of welfare, to take welfare people out of welfare by creating social businesses for them. So this is possible. Simply, I never paid attention to it. How to uh, protect the world from the plastic waste. Now plastic waste is yeah. um, filling up the whole world. Right. And soon will be dumped under the plastic garbage. So how to protect ourselves from that? We create social business to make it happen. We take this plastic waste, convert into long-lasting furniture, building materials, and other kinds of things. It's all possible. Simply, we don't see a lot of money in it. So I don't want to go there because there's not a lot of money. I make a lot of money by making games and by making other things uh, which people like. And whether it's useful to them or not, doesn't matter. People pay for it, right. and they are paying good money, and I make a lot of money by doing that. So I'm, I'm interested in that. So those are the kind of things that uh, we have to open up that idea that social business is something uh, people can look at. And nobody is saying that everybody has to do it by order. It's not an order. It's something, something that uh, is presented to you. If you like it, you can go ahead with it. Right. And, and that seems to be a big barrier for people is really because I'm a huge uh, activist around plastic waste and deforestation. And I see yeah, yeah. challenges for people who are trying to create businesses. You know, you're trying to raise a family, especially in yeah. some of the developing er developed areas. Um, so I, I guess you kind of have to put that aside. And that's what I was saying before. Is so if somebody is pursuing those things, if you are addressing those problems and adding value, um, yeah. There has to be, do you believe there is always a place or a way where you can make enough money to, to provide for your living and your lifestyle? Absolutely. You have Absolutely. To, no you, problem. In social business, uh, we don't take profit, but we take salary. If you are working for right. the company, I get a salary. That's a day, good enough for me to maintain my family and so on and so forth. I'm not, I'm not going there to ma make multiples of millions by uh, making profit for selling things which is useless thing in the first in the first place so this is the kind of thing that we can do that and for the plastic waste and other things which looks such impossible thing indomitable uh, unsurmountable uh, problem i say, i keep saying that all impossibles can be made possible. That's the history of human being. Yeah. Impossible one after another become possible. If we focus on it, we dedicate ourselves into it. So just because it's impossible doesn't mean it will remain impossible forever. There's a creativity of human being will conquer them all. Nothing is beyond the human capacity. Right, right. And, you know, in your book, you talk about a number of these businesses that you started, you know, generation to generation learning ideas and things mm -hmm. like that. And I'm just curious, of all these businesses, now you're, you're solving different problems but ultimately right. tackling your mission for poverty right. um, do you see as you know these you know women or others who are becoming entrepreneurs or even through your own experience of starting these businesses common characteristics among these people um, whether it's empathy or something else that is really a, a driving force for great leadership as a social business leader yeah uh, just give the example again, microcredit, because it has been established sure. for a long time now. In Bangladesh, Gamin Bank has 9 million borrowers, mostly women, 97% women. They take this $30, $40 loan and start a business. So every single woman that is a Gamin Bank or man or woman who they are, 
they start business with the money they, as soon as they get the money. So they are entrepreneurs. And they remain entrepreneurs of year after year. They expand their business and so on. Now, globally, there are more than 300 million microcredit borrowers in total. Wow. So they are all entrepreneurs because just because that money was available, they started quitting their job. They started sitting idle uh, and transforming themselves into entrepreneurs. Because the money is there, they can translate their ideas, their creative power, their enterprise, their enthusiasm for doing things. Suddenly, wakes up. Yes, I can do that. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. If, if you create that kind of financial system, everybody will be waking up. Everybody will think, why am I looking for a job? Uh, <laughs> I, I can do better things for myself. Right. I can start my own business. If, I keep saying, if you put money on the table, everybody will be entrepreneur. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, we, you talk about tech design. It's kind of a gap, right? Social tech yeah. design, basically. Um, and one of the things around technology that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is there is this huge movement around uh, automation, right? And, yeah. and it's replacing the mundane jobs. And do you think that will help spike social business, meaning people will start pursuing things of higher aspiration because they're not required now to do these mundane jobs? Uh, it's not only mundane job, even interesting jobs will be taken away from people because artificial intelligence is coming Yeah, uh, and they will start replacing all the people. Like, for example, with the autonomous car or the driverless car, the first victim would be the truck drivers right? because all the trucks in the country uh, very soon will be autonomous trucks so that there will not be needed any truck drivers or all the things that will be wanted. All the trucks will be running back and forth uh, probably safely and very timely uh, without any driver. So all the drivers will be out of job. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the skill they had. Uh, like in garment industry now in Bangladesh, there are 4 million garment workers, mostly women, 80% of them are women. Yeah. They will be losing job in, in the next 10 to 15 years because all the garment industry will be using artificial intelligence right. to produce their clothing. So soon, a big chunk of uh, employed people will be out of employment. Banks will be run without clerks, without any tele, um, uh, people sitting near the window yeah. uh, because artificial intelligence will solve everything, that problem that you bring to them. Uh, so that way, um, we are facing a world which gradually will become uh, less and less people uh, working. So even if you consider that, we have no option but to become entrepreneurs ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is the future. So I'm saying, even for our own reason, even if there is no artificial intelligence, still we have to be entrepreneurs because the best way to express ourselves in a creative way. So let's, t- let's tell our children in our families that you have two options as you grow up. You can become an entrepreneur or you can work for somebody else. Right. Decide which way you want to go. Today, that question is not raised because it's assumed that you'll be working for somebody. Right. And you encourage them to get the best company to work for. That's all we can do because there's no other option. So I say we have option. Because you have a grand plan you can make for becoming an entrepreneur and make sure you start very small so that gradually you can become big. And then uh, all these ideas can be discussed in the classroom, in the schools, in the textbooks. And then people, young people start thinking, yeah, this is good. I want to be this. And they will be discussing with their friends who will do what, why, discuss, debate, and they'll make up their mind. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those are, are great thoughts. And um, I, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, I know you have a, yeah. a hard stop here in a few minutes. So That's just right. to uh, wrap up here, guys, yeah, we're, we're talking about the book, A World of Three Zeros, The New Economics of Zero Poverty, Zero Unemployment, and Zero Net Carbon Emissions with Dr. Mohammed Yunus. Uh, Dr. Yunus, thank you so much for thank your time. You. Very, very thank much appreciated. Uh, Change Creator Magazine is excited to have you uh, as part of the uh, program. Thank you very much for interviewing me. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.